Welcome to another episode of the Christian Reeve Podcast. If you like this here show, make sure you leave us a review on Podchaser. Or, alternatively, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere, please consider leaving a review and a rating. If you're checking out the Christian Reeve Podcast on YouTube, Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you want to support the show, why not check us out on patreon.com slash christianreeve and get yourself exclusive bonus content and bonus podcast content. How about that? Okay, I've had my fun. But seriously, if you want to support the show, it really, really helps us out. So thank you so much, and thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reed Podcast. Today's guest is an actor and a model and a good friend of mine. His name is James Anite. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Christian. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm buzzing, man. Um, it's been a bit of a crazy month, but it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful again. I don't know how you feel coming into the new year. How do you feel coming into this new year? Let's start there. Uh, well, it's... <laughs> Christmas time and the New Year's always a weird time for, I would say for actors. Well, for me, definitely, because um, it's not a lot of jobs going around. Everyone's on holiday. And you're trying to like book gigs and it's just like, it's just not that time, is it? Um, but obviously, I think I was speaking to a friend the other day and we were talking about how a lot of projects were put on hold due to COVID and also how the strikes have affected you know a lot of projects as well so basically there's a huge backlog so my hope is coming into 2024 that that backlog of work means a lot of auditions and opportunities and so yeah and so more work for us hopefully yeah i mean it's i suppose in a way it's a good thing because like you say, there's a backlog of work, which means if anything, there should be a lot of work available, like yeah, more work exactly. available. But yeah. at the same time, I don't know, because you know how it works with castings and stuff. Like if it's already cast, it's already cast. And then it's just more just it's been delayed. Like I, I found this out um, when, I, when I started doing like extras work years ago. And I realized like, firstly, just the realities of that, but also the fact that like, if you're coming on to set with the intention of like, oh, I want to be bumped up to something, chances are really slim. And I know I covered this in in the last episode with um, my good friend Dan. So apologies, guys, for repeating this. But to extend upon that point a little bit more, because what we spoke about was this idea that if you come on set and you're doing an extras role, the chances of you getting bumped up is like, it's just not happening. Like, it's yeah, it's quite slim. What once in a blue moon it might happen, but. The yeah. reason it, the reason it won't happen is because everything has been cast already, and the casting process, if it's been done properly, has been done over the course of many months, and they're very particular about what they're looking for, and they they've already got that in place. So if you get bumped up in that specific scenario, it will be because at the last minute they realised, oh, we need this, and we don't really have anyone. Oh, okay, this person kind of fits this. Let's just give this a go just because we need it for this specific scene or this moment or reaction or whatever the fuck. Um, part of my language. But like, that's kind of like where it's where the focus point is, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That being said, if you leave things long enough, 
because our industry is so much focused on um, project by project basis, it will mean that like if something is delayed long enough, maybe people will drop out on certain projects because they're no longer yeah. able to fulfill those obligations anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. Depends. Well, because are you saying if you're committed to a project and that project's been pushed back, then there's a potential for people to you know do other things or sign up to other things and then you've got like dates clashing and then they they have to drop out of those projects yeah like i'll give you a really good example so you know the walking dead the series yeah there's an actress oh i can't remember her name she plays um uh uh daryl's best friend carol carol she plays the role of carol and originally she was supposed to be in that Daryl series, which is kind of, basically The Walking Dead's finished. They've got a bunch of uh, spin-off series now and they're entering like a new phase. I think, to be honest, they'll probably do like new Walking Dead series. It's just because it's it's they've set up the, the story for the next generation and it, it's actually looking pretty interesting. But anyway, to the point, she was supposed to be in that and it was supposed to be both of them. She couldn't because of various commitments so they rewrote the story right <laughs> around yeah. her which i find that brilliant like that like rewriting around someone and then uh spoilers guys if you've not seen it sorry she appears right at the very end of that which then sets up for the next thing so she's obviously going to be involved in the next thing in the but, next thing yeah but, but the point is it's not that the actress doesn't want to be a part of it it's that and she'd said this in the press around the time of them saying like oh why are you not in it she was like i just can't because i'm they're doing other stuff. Yeah, she's got other stuff. She's made other commitments. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Once you've signed the contract, that's it. You're commit you can't do it, you know? Yeah. Like I've had that with things recently where it's like, oh, are you available? And I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, not. I had that as well. I had that as well. I think um I got asked to do a modeling gig, but I was filming. I, I was doing a short film and I couldn't I couldn't do it. And it's like Ah, uh, it's quite frustrating, isn't it? Because like you said, it's we, you know, in our line of work, we go from a project to project basis. And, and it's like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of time in between. And it's like, oh, why, why can you just, why, you know what, just move the date to mm. when I'm available, because I will <laughs> be available at some point. But, <laughs> Look, but listen, why does change your to schedule to suit I'm, me, you know, all right? Job? <laughs> no, you you know, I think you're right. Like, I think it depends, because... So, so a lot of productions will be quite, um, I would say, flexible with that. But other times, it's like they just can't. Whatever. Like if it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. they say it's a film, you know, they've booked that time out, they've booked that place. I get it. I understand. But like with modeling gigs, a lot of the time you can push that. I mean, I don't know. I feel I feel like it's different. And also, it's frustrating as well because with modeling gigs, it's like that's just easy money, man. You just yeah. show up. Boom, it is, done, it is, man. Leave. Yeah, modeling oh. gigs, commercials. It's like two or three days of filming most. And yeah, it's a nice paycheck. Oh, um, okay, I, I normally start with like, you know, running through a, a, a person's kind of career and everything. We'll, we'll get there. But I want to kind of just continue focusing on 2024 for a second. So like, well, actually, how many years have you been doing acting now? What, professionally or in general let's say both because i mean i think it starts at the point that you kind of you know originally started going yeah with it, so 
Uh, so I did my first play when I was 17 years old. I went to a school called Charterhouse in Surrey. Uh, really? I did my first play, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And that's where my journey began. So I've been doing it for 11 years. Uh, I'd say the first sort of like five years was on and off, you know, going to uni. I didn't, you know, didn't study acting at uni. I studied transport and business management. Uh, and I was kind of doing, see, I was doing like, I'd been like, a, you know, a friend's music video and I, you know, I was doing like, I'd go to an acting workshop and I was kind of like in and around. But at, at that point, I didn't, I didn't think about doing it as a career, you know, taking it seriously. It was just a bit of fun. Uh, and then I landed in an agent somehow. We've got the same agent, man. <laughs> we'll talk about Ooh. it. We'll talk about it. Uh, so I, I got an agent and then, um, and yeah, I was, I was like, oh shit, maybe, maybe I will take this seriously. Maybe I will, I will do this as a career. Um, so I say, I'll say professionally for the last like four to five years, really, I'd say from like 2019, that's where it started. Uh, and, but here's the thing around the time I started was when COVID happens and was the pandemic. So I got an agent and at the same time, I got a job at Amazon as an area manager. So I was like, you know, I'm going to be a manager at Amazon and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do auditions. And then, you know, like at some point I'm going to, I'm going to get a role and I'll be able to leave Amazon. And that's not exactly what happened, but um, I worked at Amazon for a year and I just didn't have any time for acting, man. I just didn't, I didn't, um, I had to focus on, on work and a lot of responsibility being a manager uh and i was in a relationship at the time and it was just it was a lot and then uh i i got i came out of that relationship i was gonna say i got out of the relationship like i fucking escaped or something um sometimes it's like no, that, uh, I, <laughs> that relationship <laughs> ended and um yeah and i moved i moved back to i moved back into london and i was like you know i'm gonna focus on acting and so i picked up bartending because that was a flexible enough enough job and it was and it allowed me to do auditions and go film you know for a week or two weeks whatever and still and still have a job you know uh yeah so it's kind of what happened and and uh and yeah i think i think that answers the question yeah so <laughs> yeah that's... i mean there'll, there'll be a lot of questions i'll ask you it's just kind of like how i do okay. it I, I sort of move in between it and I don't know. I like I like my show to be a lot like a, a, a chill conversation, but where like I'm at, like the person's actually interested in you, not just yeah. like asking stuff. Because you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like especially in our industry as well, there'll be like, you know, the standard conversation points, but the person's not really listening. Like, oh yeah, you did that. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then yeah. start looking at the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Oh really? Oh, oh, that's it. oh mm. that's actually yeah. triggering hearing that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. <laughs> All right, so this we, that's interesting actually because we got a kind of a similar trajectory there because I started tw acting in 2019. Uh, I was I was living in Europe at the time. Long story, but I moved back to England early 2020. Everything hits. Obviously, acting wise, can't do nothing. Yeah, so well, like that's nothing. the thing. That's the thing. Man. Can't yeah. do anything. There's no work. There's no work. Legit. So it, it didn't really pick up again until 2021, and I think really in the last kind of two years for me personally, it's that's where it's really started to, and now we're starting to see it. But I think a lot of it, and 
correct me if I'm wrong here from your experiences, but a lot of it's like laying the framework and getting the things done like one by one. Like you get your portfolio, you get your short reels, uh, show reel done. You get oh, like so. This is what I wanted to talk about. You're right. I mean, when so when when I first um, when I first signed with Red Door Vision. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Ian, uh, I don't know if I can say his name, but you know, can I swear as well? Can I, it'd be not Ben's what are you gonna say? Jesus, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay, I, do, I just say, I just say now we're both okay. So, this is fun, guys. We're both signed to the same agency, Red Door Vision. Uh, I signed with them in November last year. James, I believe you've been with them for three years now, haven't you? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I thought that was fun. I was gonna reach out to James anyway at some point, but I thought, oh, that's fun. That's like a little connection point. And so that here we are. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, we do, yeah. You do, Kristen, you do realize we we're gonna have to talk about um, about how we met as well. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have not heard back from that director, by the way. I've got no idea what's what, going on let's 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 talk about that real quick we'll, we'll come back to red door vision so yeah we met on set of a short film in 2022 wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. it was 2022 so it was a student film and and the director she was really cool uh, this is my experience right so she was a film student and at first i was a little concerned because she seemed quite how can i put this um it, it was it was a very kind of like slapdash attitude at the beginning but then once i started seeing her like doing her thing i was like oh okay no no no. she's she's professional she's just quite like chill like quite i don't know you know like somebody some yeah. people seem a bit like a bit too chill but then that's just their vibe you know what I mean? you know what i mean yeah that's, that's kind of what i got from her like once i started yeah, seeing very, her um, uh, laissez-faire yes yeah yeah but yeah, she very, but she, very chilled approach. Yeah, but once I saw it kind of in action, I was like, oh, okay. And I, I kind of I was like, I trusted the process then. And to be honest, for me, the biggest point where I realized, like, oh wow, this is like pretty, pretty cool, was when we were sitting down introducing each other. Uh, and I realized in that moment, like, wow, I'm the least experienced person in the room. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the wrong room. Like, but, <laughs> no, but you know, but like, and, and, but actually I was in the right room because you should always strive to be around people with more experience and you, more knowledge in you. Cause that's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. Yeah. And everyone in the room was a really, really good actor. And I was, I was really taken back by that. And everyone was just really nice and friendly. Um, but yeah, it's to your, to your point before, yeah, it's still not been released. Uh, last thing I saw the director doing was like stuff related to music and Hey, props to her. I, d I don't know. I haven't reached out to her. Um, there's been a lot of projects over the years where you do it and then nothing comes of it and you never hear nothing anything. Nothing comes of it. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, but it's just, um, I suck. You know what I've realized, um, with, with my time in the industry and working is, there's quite a lot of that because what we do, because obviously we're all artists, aren't we? And it's a lot of, um, you know, we're creating material or content or art, whatever you want to call it. And sometimes some of it just gets, you know, gets pushed to the side. Sometimes you just, you know, you don't want to use it. It's not the right time. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's um, th there is there is a lot of that. I know, you know. Also, projects I've done that haven't, I, I did like what, two or three years ago, that's still in post production. Wow. There's going to be stuff. I mean, 
and you hear it and it's not just uh it's at every level of the industry isn't it like you think about that is it that Batgirl film or or Batgirl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. just never going to be seen, right? I think it um, will, but I think it will be years down the line. And But here's the thing. The longer you leave something, I feel like the more difficult it is to then market after the fact. Because let's say like this short film comes out years from now, right? That would be fun. But I mean... We we all look very different. We're all going to be in a different spec. Maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe she's waited on it because in the future it will be like worth more. I don't know. Or yeah, I mean but, you never know. Or, or it could be just like I mean you mentioned the artistic side of things. Sometimes you make something and you're just not happy with how it turned out. And like for instance, I remembered my acting at that point wasn't great. I thought I overacted that particular part. Um, yeah i wasn't happy with it uh, i did my best in the moment but looking yeah. back in reflection i'm like i'm kind of glad it didn't come out because i was i sucked I, like i'd be happy if my scenes were cut to be honest <laughs> like, <laughs> but i thought everyone else was really yeah good. i i'm not um, sure about i'm not sure about that project i mean i i try not to i try not to think about it because um oh? i think the the pay as well. I remember thinking it was um because I got, lost some money on that. You got paid? I remember thinking it was <laughs> I didn't twenty five pounds an hour. So I booked to train. I booked a return ticket uh to and from Manchester that cost around I don't know eighty quid or whatever. And in my head, I thought, well, I'm going to be making at least a hundred quid on this. So yeah, you know, I'll take the hit. It's fine. Like I'll still get profit. And then she said, no, it's it was. Well, how much you know what 25 whatever as the base is like that was oh man that was for the, the day base, right? yeah that was the fee and i was like wait <sighs> you you're kidding right like i've i've spent nearly 100 quid and oh, i'm only getting no. paid what just under 30 for yeah man and it's but you know that's the thing and um yeah but you know i think that was one of my first jobs probably similar with you right it's one of our first jobs so first of the year you know, as it's well. not going to be perfect but listen man I i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest right now i met you on set i met natasha to see yeah man you know um it was it was a cool experience man it was fresh road you know it was very um and that's the thing it's like you can you can get benefits that there are positives to take from from these experiences and that's what i love about what we do and it's you know it's a meeting people and the networking and you get to meet cool people man um and by the way can i just say i thought your acting was was pretty good i didn't think you were you know subpar or anything um, appreciate but, that buddy but I, I like the mentality you've got christian because you you need, need to have that mentality you need to push yourself to keep keep getting to keep getting better you know um so yeah i never think you should rest on your laurels i think you should always strive to be better you never want to be in a place where you think oh yeah well i'm done now i'm great i've I, you know i've got this acting thing locked down i'm pretty sure i know what i'm doing you never want to be at that point you you want to strive to to be better and and yeah man improve and learn and that's that's what it's about but yeah man i lost money on that i lost money on that project I'm sorry to hear that, man. I, mean, I can relate. I've been in. I had a situation last year where I walked off set um, because it was that bad, like that unprofessional. So I've I've been there, man, and I wasted a lot of money on that. I wasted probably like uh, twenty, thirty quid, which at that point was a lot. You know, like it's just 
and I, I mean, I never like to waste money on time and more importantly, time on projects. Time, time, exactly. Because you can't get that back. You can't get it back, man. Like I tried something different with learning my lines for that particular project. And I was incensed that not only was I not treated well, but the director just didn't seem to care. Like I remember when I'd confronted him about it, his response amongst other things was to say, oh, it's okay. I'll just cut that scene out. <laughs> <laughs> that I just rewrite it so that it doesn't matter, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, okay, bad, yeah." But great chat, mate. Great chat. That, that's the thing about our industry. Like a lot of things, like make sense or don't make sense. It's personalities. It's people. Um, yeah, like weird stuff happens. Like me, you mentioned it's a circus question. It's a circus. Quite literally, it's a circus. It is, and I, I don't know. Like I, I treat people always with respect and i think that I, I never try to derail people like for instance i don't do names like if i'm if, if we're talking about like negatives i think it's i think it's always better to just like you know let it let it just let it sit because it's never it's never going to make you look good running down yeah. people's names and stuff um but it, it's also just i think because you've got all these different personalities clashing and everything it, it it can make it difficult sometimes and i think the most important thing to look at it is like okay how can how can we make this work like if we're signed onto this project together if we're working on this project together and we don't click as individuals that's okay as long as we can work together and make it work as long as we can work together yeah yeah, yeah. no 100% man so let's talk about red door vision so it's it's still early days for me there's not really much i can say other than for me, it's like I looked at it like it's it's reaffirmation of what I'm doing. Because um, really, I've been pursuing acting since 2019, but like properly, I would say since 2022. And when I spoke with Ian and we and we sat down, we discussed what I was going to do and my goals and everything. Like I I already knew that like yeah, I want to work with this guy and yeah. It was, and you know, it didn't take me long to make that decision, and it was good. And you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do together. But again, it's early days. Um, but the the main things I looked at it for, as far as like how it can be advantageous, is now there is someone, people helping me out to look for things. It's not all just on my shoulders. It's anymore. not just on all on your shoulders. Yeah, and also, um, I think maybe it says a certain thing about you it says to people look at you know to cast and directors to people in the agency it says okay this particular agency believes in this person they think that this person is is worth representing therefore maybe i should check them out yeah that's that's the way i look at it but look you've been with them for three years why don't we talk a little bit about the advantages of having an agent and just your experiences where that's concerned uh, right. So in terms of advantages of having an agent, I'd say I think it brings a certain level of professionalism to it as well. I mean, spotlight, you know, you, know, you need it goes through, you know, through the agent agencies, really. Um, Does it really? I think it's just, you know, like you said, it's like, oh, someone someone's obviously seen something in you. Right. So it's not just a case of like, oh, you believe in yourself. Oh, you got someone else backing you as well 
uh, I think that's I think that's very important. I think having an agent, and I'm not saying you absolutely. What do I know? I don't know if you if everyone needs an agent, but um, I think having an agent is good because in my mind, anyway, it just you know, like you said, it just it just says that right, someone's got faith in your ability, someone sees your value, and they're willing to to represent you and put you up for work. Uh, so I think that's really good. And the other thing as well is. Um, Sometimes I get sent contracts for um for projects and I look through the contracts and I think um okay I understand about 30% of this <laughs> you know I'm going to hand this over to my agent who's more knowledgeable about these things and you know they've got experience going through these contracts sure. and you know um looking over it and making sure I'm protected mm. So I think I think that as well. I think financially, that's um, that's important. But listen, man, when I first signed with Red Door Vision, Ian said to me, "Right, James, you need to get headshots. Yep. You need to do. You need to get your showreel." You know, I didn't realize all these things. I got an agent. I was like, "Woo! Like, let's go! Here we go! He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna get me work, baby. Good times. Come on, man. Auditions." And but the thing is, he he said, "Okay, James, calm down." Here's what you need to do. And so, you know, it's a step-by-step -step process. And, yeah. and he let me know. So I, I got my headshot sorted out. I, I got my showreel sorted out. Um, and yeah, and so I think I signed up to Mandy, a backstage, um, star now, getting jobs. And then because you need, because I think I was over the age. Uh, what was at the time? I think I was over 20, 24, 25. And on Spotlight, you can't, because it's, what do you need a certain amount of credits if you're over the age of 24 25 to mm. to get to be on spotlight so so then for me it was just like getting as many credits as possible getting uh, you know as much work because i remember ian saying to me like dude like you need, need to be on spotlight i remember him saying that like you that's you need to be on spotlight so for me it just became so once i got my showreel and headshots done i thought right i need to get as many credits paid credits as well so at that time, it wasn't really about the quality of work or the type of um, the type of role it was. It was very much about just building up my credit so I could get on Spotlight. And then when I was on Spotlight, I could then be a bit more picky and choosy about about the work I, I got. But uh, but no, Ian and Irene, who I work with as well, they've been so brilliant, man. I mean, it goes in phases. There was a time when um, I was getting like I was getting two auditions a week. Damn. From you know, from Red Door Vision uh, in the space, it was like for I'd say three to six months. I was getting like two auditions a week, and it was like I was really hot for some reason. And then, but you know, it's it's ebbs and flows, isn't it? It's it's not consistent, and that's just you know, like like we said before, it's a circus. It's the nature of the industry. But they've been super helpful in terms of building building up uh, my CV and, and my, my career up until this point. So they've definitely helped a lot, a lot, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's great having an agent and, um, and I see other, other people in the industry, whether that be filmmakers, writers, uh, actors, and it's like people change agents as well. And mm. I get it right. Because um, certain ag agencies have, uh, have more of a pull, you know, they've got better connections. And so like, I understand that, but, Part of me is like, I don't know, I feel this like, I feel like I've got loyalty, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know, man, but 
I get what you're yeah, saying. They've been very good to me, and they've just they you know they tell me what I need to do. Right, James, you need to change change your headshots. You need to get these headshots aren't good enough, or um, you need to change this in your bio and blah blah blah. So yeah, man, I um having an agent, I, I think is very important because they know the game. It's it's a game as well, Christian, isn't it? And you need to play the game, you know, because we're artists, right, and we're creatives, and that's. That's fine, but you need to think about the business side of it. You need yeah. to think, how can I get my foot in the door? How can I get cast? How can I get seen? So you can do the type of work you want to do and get paid well, you know, as, as well, if, if, if you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, the little things they pick up on that I just would have never considered. Like, for example, a bit of the advice they gave me recently, um, other than get new headshots, which I got the other day. <laughs> I got them. They're done. I promise. You got them. You to Ian, them. Okay. if you're watching, if you're listening, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, even with that was like, listen, the ones you've got now, it needs to be brighter. It needs to be closer. Because um, when they're s swiping through all these pictures and there's hundreds, maybe thousands of them, they need to see you like straight away and be like, oh, wow. And it needs to catch them off guard. Another thing was that kind of less is more thing of like, don't have so many photos, just have a few, yeah. a few key ones. And, you know, and, th and that's kind of an ethos I've, I've carried in everything I do is this idea of less is more. Um, for instance, I'm getting a lot more pickier with projects now because I'm starting to realize like, okay, we've gotten to the point where we've established I can act and that you know i've done stuff now it's more about choosing stuff that will really test me make me a better actor show what i can do from a you know versatility perspective like you know what i mean like because so much of acting is about making yourself as employable as possible how much can you do it's very easy to do the same role again and again and again and again and look if you want to do that and you're happy with that great but then there's fuss pots like me that just I get bored and I want to try a lot of different things. And... Yeah, you want to try something else. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the thing. It's a bit like you know, it's like anything in life, isn't it? Like you don't, you know, if you keep if you keep like eating the same meal, or you right. keep doing the same work. However, you get bored. You want to, you know, you know th that's why we need to try different meals. We need to travel, experience new things. You know, you don't want to get bogged down. You know, having similar experiences all the time i mean you, you don't really grow from that but on this point i want to ask you because i remember you know people always ask me like um like what type of actor are you and i was always Ooh. you know always confused me. i'm like what, what what do you mean what, what type of actor i mean <laughs> i want to act i want to i want to be in, in in projects but that's something i've started to think about a lot more i think i think when you think of certain actors a lot of actors bring something to the table, if that makes sense. I feel like if if I named an actor, you kind of know the you know the role he's going to be in. It doesn't matter what the story is or the project is. You kind of know what character that that guy is going to play, right? And a lot of actors have made a career off that. Um, I'll say a few names: Jesse Plemons, mm. Willem Dafoe, mm -hmm. uh. Anya Taylor Joy potentially. Yeah. Um, certain actors have something about them that just makes them right. You know, maybe they're very good as villains mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and antagonists or other actors uh, they've got a face of a protagonist. And, you know, so a lot of it is like you can't really change how you look or the sort of energy you bring, which is very interesting. And then you've got to sort of translate that 
into your headshots, you know, and your showreel. And then you've got to show, you know, the, the qualities you bring that, another, you know, potentially no other actor can. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like that whole thing of like, what type of actor are you? I, I find that, I find that very interesting. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. And then you've got the other thing as well, where people are like, you know, uh, well, you know, what kind of acting, what kind of acting do you do? Is, do you stage? Are you, you know, theatre? Are you are you a comedian? Are you, um, you know, do you do musicals? Are you a screen, on-screen actor? Like, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? I see it twofold. There's the way you see yourself and how you envision yourself and what you believe and know that you can do. And then there's what people see for you. Like, I'll give an example, okay? Before I answer, like, how I see myself, what I'm aiming for. When I look at you and I look at the visuals that you put out, I see a very kind of like cool, confident black man that's got kind of like that cool style. Like there's, when I've seen you wearing like certain suits and stuff like that, I'm like that right there, that look right there, that's him. I can, it feels like the energy pops out because you mentioned the vibe and the, the energy that you bring out when you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But then you're not inside that person's head. You don't know. Maybe that's one look that they like. Maybe they hated that. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> do don't it? know, do you? Yeah. That's the thing. Like people always say, oh, Christian, you should, uh, you know, do fantasy stuff. You should be whatever, like a Viking or a vampire. And like, look, I can visually see that. And I have an idea of what I would do with those characters. But to be honest with you, what I like to do is reinvention, constant reinvention. Like take characters that you wouldn't expect me to play and try to make that happen and try to find my process for figuring out a way to do that character in the most believable way possible. Cause very I easy. Got to, you. you know what I mean? Kind of go against, go against the stereotype, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's like, even what I mentioned there, like my vision of, of you in, in a particular sense, that is a stereotype in of itself. We've seen that again and again and again. And like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you view yourself. We'll get into that in a second. But like, I try not to pay too much attention to what people think of me and how they view me, because it's very easy to let that seep into how you view yourself and into and, your consciousness. Yeah, right. I think you have to just kind of keep going with what you think, even if it doesn't make sense to everyone else. Just keep doing your thing, and that's how it's going to work out. You know. But but I will say this. If you're trying to show the world that you can do something and no one thinks you can do it and no one sees it, I think eventually you just have to like, you just have to prove it. You just have to prove, you have it, to prove it. it. Yeah. You just have to like throw. Like I know, I know that's gonna have to be the case for me. That I'm gonna have to break the mold and show people that okay, these are the types of characters I want to go for. This is the sort of stuff I want to do. Um, is is and it's always gonna be that way. But then. I think so much of life is that people set limitations on you. They, they tell you what the height of what you can achieve is. And I'm yeah, just... they try and put you in a box, isn't it? I feel like yeah. people kind of see you and we were talking, I mean, I was speaking to my, I think we were talking about my brother and I, my brothers and you know, he, he does editing, he does film editing. Mm. He's edited a few short videos, music videos. Um, so he's, he's in, in the industry as well, but we were talking about certain actors and how, like, if you look at Adam Sandler, a lot of his films he plays, Adam Sandler's very, you know, you see him on screen and you want to start 
laughing. But he's done a couple of like, no, but you know, with all respect, I love Adam Sandler, by the way. I mean, you know, a um, lot of respect for him and uh, he's a great actor. But he, you know, people get, and not just actors, I feel like human beings, people get pigeonholed into certain things and you see someone as something and you can't really, you know, think of them as uh, anything, anything else, you know? And it's like, well, we know you as a businessman or you're a doctor or you're a writer. Why, why do you think you can go off and do this? And, and yeah, it's just like people associate, associate you with something and then and they think, you know, and they kind of just put you in, in this box. Uh, and that shouldn't be the case. But going back to Adam Sandler, it's like, because he's done a couple of serious films, Uncut mm. Gems with the Safdie brothers. And he did um, Punch Drunk Love, which is one of my favorite films with uh, PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson. And that is very different from the films he normally does, like, you know, Happy Gilmore and, and all of these, you know, like these silly films. Um, but I think he did a film recently where he was like an astronaut or something and he was in space. And I was speaking to my brother about this and he said, like, he was like, mm, well, that, you know, he, that apparently Adam, Adam was, he was trying to be very serious in this role. And it just didn't really work out. And I just, you know, I'm just not, because obviously in his head, he's, you know, he's not just this like comedian, this like, you know, funny, goofy actor. Like he can, you know, he can, he wants to play serious as well. And that's probably how he sees himself. But he's done so many of the silly films that, you know, the audience is kind of like, kind of used to seeing him in this light, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. So it's, I, I don't know, man. It's like, for me, it's just a very, it's very tricky, you know, because people will see you in a certain way, but you obviously see yourself, you know, like yourself, Christian, you said, you know, people say, oh, why don't you, I think, you know, you'd be perfect as a vampire, you know, and you'd be perfect as, you know, uh, you know, as a Viking and, you know, it might be your long hair or, your, or the color of your eyes or whatever it is, right? Um, or the energy you bring, whatever that fucking means. Um, but, you know, it's, but people, we're so, we're multifaceted, you know, we're not one dimensional beings. And, and yeah, I don't think we should put ourselves in, in a box. Uh, yeah. And we should always, I mean, especially as actors, the whole point is to be everything that's not, you know, that's yeah. not you or not, you know, like what you're about as, as Christian or as James, you're playing another character, you know? Um, you know what my dream is, Christian? My dream, my dream is to be in a film and people go, who's that actor? They have no, you know, they don't know it's it's me. And then they're like, oh, oh, that was, that was James. Like, yeah, that's, you know, that's my dream. If I can, you know, fully immerse myself and just be completely different to what people, how people see me or view me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. That's exactly how I want it to be with myself as well. Like I, I think, and I, I mentioned this in my conversation with with Dan in the previous episode that you kind of have to destroy people's perception of you. You have to deconstruct. And I gave a few examples in that episode of you know like uh, Daniel Radcliffe um, as Harry Potter. I think that's a really good example. Or Brian Cranston as just that dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Both of them had basically systematically destroy those characters and create new alternatives 
Brian Cranston did it successfully. I think Daniel's still working on it. Daniel's still working on it, I think. Yeah. He's getting there though. I feel he like is. we're and I've seen some really great stuff that he's been in. Um he's such a great actor. But it's like <clears throat> the, the the trouble is it's not just what like people think of you, it's the industry as well. It's a combination of it. Like I I don't think there's anything wrong with leaning into the interests and how things look but at the same time you just have to be careful because like you mentioned it's very easy to get pigeonholed and thrown into a corner and that's all you can play you know um, yeah. i mean it's and and it, and, it, and it stops being interesting as well like i i can't think of anything more dull than continuously playing the same character over and over and over again even even if it's beloved i mean i look at that sometimes with certain actors and i wonder like does it not get boring for them? Like, I mean, I suppose it really depends on the script and, and the work and what they're doing. I mean, um, like this most recent thing with with the Loki series and Tom Hiddleston, I wonder if he'll truly like just hang it up there and move on to the next things. Because he's been doing that character like over 10 years. 10 years. Something, something like that. Very well long over. time. It's, it's a long time. you move on? I mean, what else? What else can you bring? You know? Yeah that hasn't been seen already. Absolutely. I, th I think it's, <sighs> I don't know. I've had a lifetime of, of people turn around and telling me what I can do as a person and what, you know, is the height of what I can achieve. And I just ignore that and just do what I want to do. Cause yeah. you know, screw that. Like it's just, Everyone has their perception of things and you just have to focus on your goals and what you're doing and what you're trying yeah. to achieve and make that Absolutely. your focus. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. That's hard. It's hard, man. It's um, tough though. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this where you're so, you know, cause you put yourself out there, don't you? And it's like, <clears throat> well, when you do auditions and you know, they get back to you and they're like, Oh, you're not quite right for this role or you are right for this role. Uh, and it's always great when you get cast and when you get a gig, but it's, you know, you, I can't help but think to myself, like, what did, what does the director see or what does the casting director see? You know, it's like, and it might be different from what you're, what you think you're putting out. If that makes, does that make sense? So it's just going back to what you, you, you're saying about the, the interpretation people have of you. I think a um, lot of it is, is just looks, to be honest. I know how, I know that's really the, disappointing to hear no but you're right but... <laughs> I, I think you're right yeah it's just I, how you look but like not necessarily like oh are you good looking enough or something like that i think it's more like if you think about it a film a tv series whatever it's a vision of this story that a director has in their mind right a picture like it's it's like when you sit and read a book right your mind creates images of what the characters look like right in your mind and then yeah. so if you're casting that on screen you're gonna try to follow that as closely as possible and so th and this is just for anyone listening who's an actor up and coming um keep this in mind when you go in there go in there with your perception of of the character your interpretation give it a go and then leave that room and don't worry about if you didn't get it or not just make sure that your interpretation was the truest interpretation of what you were trying to interpret and put across. Because at the end of the day, the director is going to go with what they're thinking about. 
So that almost has nothing to do with your performance. With you, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd see it like a job interview. When you walk in, that'll pretty much decide whether or not you've been cast. Everything else is kind of window dressing, really. <laughs> Unless the role has nothing to do with the look. That I know there's a lot of roles where it's more about an actor's ability to portray certain emotions or, or certain things. And then maybe it will be down to the... Um, the performance but then even with that it's like things can be manipulated you know i'm i'm sure you've had this on sets many times where you had a particular idea of of how to play a character and the director wants something totally different and yeah then, and you do yeah. it that way and you're like oh, i don't know i thought my way was better but you yeah go, but you go with what the director wants and sometimes it's it his, works it's his film it's his vision or her vision and sometimes it doesn't work and it, it's like ah oh. but you know you you do what you can and um i don't know it's i mean it's a learning experience every time isn't it it's i guess that's what keeps it fun and enjoyable yeah keeps it fun keeps it on its toes i think no that's the thing you're right because um i do so much prep and i try and figure out i'm like okay who is this character and i like to draw inspiration from different people sometimes i take inspiration from people in real life sometimes i take inspiration from people characters in, in movies and i just like uh, you know like kind of merge these ideas or you know like aspects of their personalities or characters together try and formulate but the thing is i want to be loose and free on set because i know the director's going to be like okay let's how about we take it this way? You know, you, yeah. you never want to be sort of stuck in, you know, in your ways or have a certain mindset. Like this is the character. And you know what I hate? What I hate is um, you have a character, a character. There shouldn't be any rules, Christian. There shouldn't be any rules. And here's the thing, because in real life, what, what, what I said to you earlier, we, we are multifaceted, right? We're not one, you know, we're not one dimensional beings. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to do next. Sometimes I act out of character, you know? So what does it mean to be in character, you know? So I try and be loose and not, and not, you know, like things like, oh, like my character would never do this or my characters. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that. Like, yeah, you should be thinking about, you know, who the character is and, you know, the sort of actions that character is going to take or what the motivations are going to be. But I think you should be free enough where, you know, you you can take ideas on board from the director or the script supervisor or the producer or another actor. It's like, oh, you know, why don't you, you know, and then, because it's a collaboration, isn't it? Yeah. And then you can, but I, I think the most important thing is just to be being true to, to, to the character in terms of the character's intentions and, and their motivations as well. But I definitely want to be loose. I don't want to be like setting my ways about who the character is because the director's going to turn around and say, no, let's try this or let's do this. And you don't, you know, you, you want to be prepared for that in that scenario. Yeah. And I think there's like two sides to this as well. Like one side is you're looking at what's logical. You're thinking, okay, if this character is feeling this way or they're this type of person, then this, this, this might not make sense. Or you, you try to find the logic within things. But as you said, and then that's a really, really good point. Human beings are unpredictable. Sometimes we do things in life that even we don't understand. Like, why am I doing that? Why did I do that? Where did that come from? That's not me. 
but it comes from somewhere. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe something threw you. Maybe overwhelming sensation overcome you. Like things happen, and sometimes you surprise yourself. And I think to your point, yes, you have to keep it open and say, like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's more to this character than originally thought. Maybe this character's having a breakdown, or maybe this character is having a moment of self-reflection, or a crazed moment, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, and I think it, but I will say that it's important to kind of keep things consistent too. Like I always like to look at that and I, I know probably it, it drives certain directors nuts, but I don't care. I'm going to say what I think because my process is always say what you think, get out in the open. And then if the director is, is still like, oh no, we're doing it this way. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, and then it becomes more about like, okay, how can we carry your vision and make it as believable as possible. Because that's the only time I'll ever struggle with that is when they're saying like, okay, I need you to act this way for this. And you're like, all right, but wouldn't they, this is what you want to achieve, but wouldn't they kind of go about it a bit more like this? And you're like, and you're trying to kind of meet in the middle and find something where it, it fits. And you're like, okay, we're happy with this. Yeah. But some, sometimes I'll just do exactly what the director asks, even if it doesn't make any sense to me. Um and I'll try and just do it as best as I can. And and I, I've had, I'm sure you've had this as well, where you do it and, and you think in your head, like, man, that sucked. And they're like, yeah, like that was terrible. Yeah, I great. Oh my God. <laughs> the like, great. Oh, I'm like, what do you I'm see that I'm not seeing? I, like, I don't get that it. That was shit. <laughs> I felt awful doing that. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> You're just having a moment of like, what, what even is life anymore? Yeah, I I mean it's this is a fun thing that I'm learning about this this job this career because I fully embraced it like I'm chasing it I'm chasing it I'm chasing it one thing I've realized is especially at this point in our careers where you're like desperately chasing work anytime you get to be on set or be a part of a production it's a privilege and it's yeah it becomes like okay I'm gonna make the most of this and but it's it's an opportunity to have fun I feel like it's People often forget that, like, when we were kids, we used to act all the time. You know, I remember. All the time, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I used to run around playing Batman and Robin with my friends as a kid. Oh, yeah. And... I was Spider-Man as a kid. Hell, that yeah. You know? Yeah, there you go. And it's like you you become that character. But, but the interesting thing is that you don't overthink it. You just do it. Like, I'm you Spider-Man. You just do it. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And Whereas... that's it. And that's it. You Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, it's an opportunity to almost, like, be a big kid for a minute and just have fun and play dress. I mean, Christian Bale said that in an interview once he said that like, it's just, it's just, you get to play dress up for a living. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, wow. I know the thing is like part of me, um, the thespian, the thespian in me is very, you know, serious. This is a serious art form and we're, you know, playing other people portraying and, you know, there's, and, and there is a lot of work mm -hmm. that goes into it. But, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, we've been, we're doing dress up for a living, aren't we? It depends on the it depends on the on the work. I, I get what you're saying. That I I I'm very serious and professional when it comes to my work. Sometimes that's annoying. I know sometimes that probably makes people think I'm a a right twat. But look, at the end of the day, I take it seriously because I love what I do for a living. And I feel like if you approach it with that level of professionalism, you get more out of it and. Look, my goal has always been be as believable as possible. 
Yes. You know, like you said earlier, like make people believe you are this character and like people almost don't recognize you. Like, Oh my God, that was James. I can't believe that. What? And, and yeah. but it's more than the visual. It's the, you won them over with the performance. Like I never forget this, um, this film by Ashton Kutcher. I'm sure you've heard of it. The, um, the butterfly effect. Do you know what? I've seen, I, st I don't think I finished watching that film. I think I started watching it and I didn't finish it, but go on, go on. Highly recommend it. It's excellent. At the time, he was finishing up on that 70s show. He did Dude, Where's My Car? He was playing that kind of dumb, like, ha-ha, like, dude, what? That kind of character. Oh, yeah, yeah. But here he is doing a serious piece. That, for me, made me realise, oh, okay, he can, he can act. This boy can act. He's a good actor. But the bigger thing that I think I realised with that performance is that you can completely become a character to the point where the audience forgets who you are. And I feel like that's the most important aspect to this is that every time I, I'm on camera, I want it to be that you don't think that it's me. You forget that it's me. You, yeah. you know, you see that character, you see that person, you know, like I'm a real stickler for stuff like that realism on set. And, you know, and I know it, uh, it probably to some people it's like, oh, it's cringe. Oh, that's annoying. Like, I don't care. I, I really don't care. Like for me, the most important thing is believability and realism. You're <laughs> you <know>? right. <laughs> I think because the thing is, listen, we, we go to the movies, right? Or you're at home. You Love stick it. on Netflix, Amazon Prime, one of these streaming services, streaming platforms, whatever you want to call it. I, it's, um, you know, it's not real. Right. So it's kind of like, well, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What? Not... <laughs> so, it's, you know, to me, it's like, right, I'm, I'm taking, right, how, how long is it, an hour, 30 minutes to watch a film or a couple hours, right? If it's not a series, right? Two hours of your time. It's suspension of disbelief. This is why we watch films and we watch, you know, it's you want to, you want to take a break from reality. Yeah. You know, you want to kind of like, um, it's a form of escapism as well, right? So suspension of disbelief, and then you, you know it's not real, right? But you go into it thinking like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna buy into this. So yeah. our jobs, our our job is to be as believable as possible, if that makes sense, right? You know, because mm. you want you want people watching to feel like to feel like it's real. And I don't know about you, but when I'm working when I'm on set or on stage, it's got to be real. Yeah. I've got to be in the moment and I've got to be feeling what that character's feeling. Now, don't get it. Listen, I know there's a script, <laughs> you know, I know we've had rehearsals, but I want to be in the moment. You know, I think Denzel Washington said something. He said the camera never lies, right? Like it will, it will capture what, whatever's going on, whatever you're doing. So you gotta, you gotta give it. Don't want to say give it your, your all. Give it everything, but you gotta feel it. You gotta feel it, man. It's gotta, it's gotta be real because the audience will feel, will feel it if you feel it. I was explaining to a few friends the other day about my process for acting and and emotions, and I said that I kind of subscribe to the Stanislavski method of taking real emotions and and putting it into that character and thank I mean, you it's it's a lot like 
you know like those and this is how i explained it you know those old like motors that you sort of wind up yourself and it takes a while and then eventually it's like going and the motor's working but yeah. you have you have to it's a bit rusty at first you have to kind of keep twisting it until it starts running yeah that's what i feel acting is like because for instance i find it quite easy to tap into like anger and despair and and depressed states but i need a couple of just minutes to get into it and to, to get be honest into it. absolutely and, and i'll say this anyone who casts me in a film by the way pay attention to this so if you want the most out of me um push me push my buttons keep telling me that no that's not enough no that's not enough keep pushing 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 because then i'm really going to start to get annoyed but the yeah. difference is i don't take it out on people i use it in the character in and the then character, eventually yeah. you pull that emotion out of yourself and then you're feeling it yeah and then and then that's real that's what that emotion is it has to come from somewhere it has and to it, come <laughs> from somewhere that's why you know i think um one of my first acting teachers mr freeman He's, he said to me, a lot of it is about you're drawing from real life experiences. Because to me, what, what I try and do is, right, okay, the character's going through something, right? So they're, uh, they're angry or they're depressed or they're excited or they're anxious. And I just try and think of a moment in my life where I felt that way. Right. If that makes sense. And mm -hmm. then I try and sort of i try and harness that emotion and that's why i love music music is huge for me right mm. because i can get into that state of mind that state of being and just you know and then i i feel it you know i i've got it i feel it and then i can i can bring it but like you said it takes it takes a minute or it takes a couple minutes to to get to get into that state um and then and then you can use it but it's just trying to tap into that emotion. You you wanna you wanna feel what the character's feeling in in that scene, right? In that you know in that shot, you wanna feel what the character's feeling because then it's authentic. What you're going you're going through, what the character's going through, it's authentic. And then that's you know that's gonna be. I never because the thing is, listen, everyone's got a different method. Certain actors will they'll pull a face to show the audience what, what you know, because they, they want the audience to feel something. It's like, okay, the character's feeling this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this to the audience. This is how I'm gonna, you know, my face is gonna look like this, or this is, this is how I'm gonna act. And it's, you know, it's about the physicality of what you're doing to portray those emotions. Um, so some actors do that. Some actors, you know, have a combination of both where they feel they feel what the character's feeling and they combine it with the physicality. But for me, I never try because I don't want, I think the audience is very intelligent. And I think, like you said earlier, less is more. So I don't want to like, um, I don't want to give, I don't want to give it to the audience so easy. I want the audience to look and really, you know, almost be puzzled. Like they, I want them to think, what's what's going on? What, what's he thinking? What's he feeling? For me, it's more about I want to feel what the character's feeling without trying to show it off. D does that make sense? I, I want to feel it rather than, you know, like physically, because I think it's more because I like this. I think the best performances are the more subtle performances. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking Robert De Niro. Um, I'm thinking even 
potential Michael Fassbender. I, I want the audience to, I want them to think, you know, you, you want to make them stop eating the popcorn and, and think, what is, what is he thinking? What is he feeling? Uh, but yeah, so I don't want to like, you know, spoon feed, you know, the emotion to the audience. I want to, I want to just feel it, embody it. So I'm going through, I feel exactly the emotions of what the character is going through. And then I will just let that, I'll just let it happen organically, if that makes sense, you know? And then just, you know, and then whatever happens, happens. But I know I'm feeling what the character's feeling. And, you know, because it's true to me. And whatever, you know, whatever comes on screen, that that's what happens. And hopefully the director's happy. It's crazy, like, every time I'm on set and I, I get to do that, like, I really do find myself losing myself within the character. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of amazing but scary how that happens but that's when you know you've got the best out of yourself you know and then i always have to take time to just reconnect and and like because it's just it, 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 it wears you down it takes everything out of you yeah man it's a lot it's, yeah yeah it, listen <laughs> listen i I know exactly what you're talking about i think i always think it's important to i know certain actors have different you know methods and there's you know method acting and some some actors some performers take it home with them mm. and they kind of stay in character all the time i mean that's great and everything but i i very much believe you should you should leave <laughs> leave work at work and when you come home be christian again because it's a lot man it's a lot you know you don't want to be like brooding all the time or like depressed that's, or, that's the thing you know like fucking, you know you don't want to be uh, like uh, in it in it all the time you know you want to leave when you get home kind of leave it because it's a it's a lot of what's the word i'm looking for um it's a lot of emotional work <laughs> it's a lot of emotional work you know and um and and that's that's hard that, that's quite difficult so i i try and leave work you know work at work same so, so well. like i i do method acting as well but like i yeah i agree i think it's stupid when you i'm sorry but you know and look i i love the greats that do it but like i just i just think it's awkward look you, you know a, a crew cast and crew it's like a little family for a, a certain amount of time and it's just weird when there's that one person who's like living in the character the whole time and everyone else is like having their lunch and it's like all right dude um the only yeah. you know <laughs> right? like the like, only right. the only time okay. i do i do that <laughs> is like if it's an intense scene and they really need me to be that yeah like i'm in between takes i'm still going to be in that character yeah character see, yeah and... in certain certain scenarios yeah absolutely yeah. yeah but it's more like waiting period like i'd rather in that moment not speak to anyone like i did it on a short film last year uh, and i spoke about it um in in last week's show so um I don't know when that's going to come out. The, the film's called Chock Chips, and it was a very small role. Um, and I mentioned this in the last show, so I'll just briefly mention it here. Basically, my character had to be quite serious and scared, and and like all his body language kind of told you the story anyway. But um, in between takes, like you know, everyone's cracking jokes and having a laugh, and I'm like, I need to keep this. I, and I was staring at this glass of whiskey and just like, I remember keeping myself in that feeling of of like fear and and kind of uncomfortability and stuff and like everyone is ignoring me and stuff and i was like perfect great i can stay in this and then when they say action i'm ready to go 
Yeah. That's that's the only time I play method. And I think that it's important for that, but for everything else, absolutely right. Why would you want to take it home with you? Like why would job... you want to take it? Yeah. Ah, do you know what I mean when you hear about couples yeah. breaking up because like their partner was just living in the character and you're like in the character yeah I know I mean the only other thing I'd say is I imagine like when Austin Butler did Elvis I, I'm pretty sure he he took that home with him definitely in terms of the accent he was speaking in but I I can see that I can see that I think um I'd say like you know accents I mean some people are very good with you know doing accents and other people mm. struggle with it. I feel like if it's hard picking up another accent, then you want to sort of keep the accent. You oh, know? yeah. If that like makes Andrew sense, Lincoln if with, far with off from like Dead. your natural accent. And, you know, because then, because you don't want to come to set and start thinking like, oh, how am I going to enunciate, you know, you know, these, these words and yeah. So I can understand that. But like, if you're, you know, if, if you go home and you're still in character and you're still this other person, <laughs> you know, you're, on the phone to you know to your parents or to, to friends and you're like nah call, call me john call me john call me john man <laughs> like it's, you know oh i don't know man it's it's a weird one in a way because i think acting makes you question yourself a lot as well like it's it makes you think about because if you think about it you create a character like you are a character when you play like i think jim carrey said this as well that like you play a character throughout your life and there's different layers to your character different roles that your character plays yeah. so everyone's an actor and you're a different character to different people yeah like that old saying in someone's story you're the villain someone's story you're the hero etc. you're the hero yeah crazy to think about but it, i it's mean it's crazy to think about isn't it so much of that comes down to what we've been talking about as well is the way you make people feel yeah you know, it's less about what you say and more about what you make people feel that really kind of elicits a response from them. And I think that really ties into what we've been talking about with acting on film or stage is like, yeah, you can <laughs> you can throw your arms and wail around and tell everyone I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm upset. But really, it's the little things. It's what you don't say. It's the, you know, the thought process that your character is going through. That's where the real story is told because that's what yeah, human beings so are like. Yeah, said that, yeah. That's what that, you think about it. Like, I was telling someone in the pub about this the other day. Like, um, Michael Caine said it when he was um, teaching in the 90s at the BBC. He, um, he did a series of lectures and they were adapted into a book series called Acting. I think it's called Acting on Film, Acting in Film. I've got it here on my bookshelf. And... Basically, he he said a lot of, um, he had a lot of great advice in that book, and I really recommend anyone that's an actor or a filmmaker just just check it out and, and read it up because it's it's really really good stuff. He was basically trying to convey this idea that like when he was doing educating Rita, it goes back to the whole less is more thing, but it's also about trying to think about what happens in real life because. In that role, he had to play a, uh, a drunk. And so his way of doing that was to play him as a guy trying to be sober. Because often when you're drunk, you try to act sober. You try to prove to people, I'm not drunk. What do you yeah. mean? You know, th that's the key. Because obviously when people 
<laughs> when you get told like, oh, act drunk, you're like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, and, yeah. and like that's that is a part of being drunk, but that often is not what it is. It's often trying to act sober, trying to, you know, capture that realism that you see in everyday life. See, I wouldn't have known this, Christian. I wouldn't have known this when I first started. I, I think um, I did when I first started acting. Uh, one of my um, one of the earliest things I did in at last final year at Loughborough University, I did a musical called Hairspray. And I had a tiny role in that. And I had to sort of, I was this character, I had to play drunk. And of course I did, you know, I did the whole oh, oh, walking. And it's like, you know, that's, but I think, you know, and, and this is what's so beautiful about, um, you know, growing and learning in the industry it's like it's the it's the nuances and, and these little like look at that detail like well, how would a drunk person actually act or behave he wouldn't actually be all over the place you know and and to i'll, I'll tell you this um well, it's not really a story but there i was i remember being absolutely out of my mind drunk i mean christian i was fucked <laughs> And the next day, people said to me, oh, James, you were fine. They're like, oh, you were cool. Like, you know, apparently I was, I could, you know, I could walk straight. I could, you know, I, you know, I was, I was fine. I just, I couldn't really hold a conversation though. So I wasn't speaking a lot. And I, I got it, you know, it's like, because when you're fucked, you're just trying to do the basics, right? You know, stand up straight, walk over here, open the door, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit. And like people, people don't see it. People don't see that you're that you're out of your mind. Earlier, you you mentioned the idea of nuances. So if if it, <laughs> a bit of acting class for everybody here. So if you're trying to act drunk, pay more attention. Like when you next go out, maybe don't have so many, and pay attention to the person that's fucked in the group. You'll notice that little things happen, like their eyes are kind of hazed over. There's a little bit of a, a kind of, I'm going to put this, there's like a grogginess when they're paying attention. So they'll be looking at people like this. And there'll be a lot of it. Because normally when you're, when you're sober, you're just sitting there like that. You're just chilling. Yeah. You're in yeah, control. Exactly. When you're, when you're drunk, you're kind of, uh, you're, you're not really in control of your body anymore. Your body kind of yeah. sways a bit more. Like you said, you're trying to keep straight and you probably think like, I'm in control. You probably think you're, yeah, you're fine, but you're not. Your 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 eyes are hazing over, and and every now and again, your body will and throw when you, you blink. It's quite slow as well, right? Do you know That's what I mean? Nice. It's like, yeah, 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 because yeah. you're tired. Your body's working overtime to try and yeah. compensate and pump through the crap out of your body and it's yeah it's it slows down everything i think if anything like you want to convey a, a drunk person slow down your motions but don't overdo it try to remember that like so much of that performance is going to be about uh a lack of control and not so much like swaying and stuff like because it swaying is like what happens like let's think about it we've all been that drunk chances are that's right at the end of the night when yeah. you're when you're like you that's time to go home like mm. do you know what i mean like it's and you're probably two things are going to happen either one a friend carries you out or two you fall on the floor that's kind of do you know what i mean you maybe yeah. you kind of like scuffle out or whatever you know fall into the cab but like that's realistically 
the extreme of it but you want to yes. capture especially if you're doing a scene where you're talking the dialogue you need to capture the bit before that where it's not quite full, full, full blown you're kind of like a few steps back so i guess like best thing to do would be like rein it in a bit and and just and just yeah pay more attention like i I've been doing this a lot more. I've doing this to sound weird, but I'm doing, doing a lot more people watching now and just looking at the way people interact with each other, their mannerisms, the little things, intricacies, like the way people act. You mentioned earlier about how, oh, you know, it's maturity. I, you know, I, I was playing a drunk person wrong. No, you weren't. You were rising to the occasion for that production. Hairspray is a musical. It's, it's, throwing yourself around it's energy that's what you're yeah. expected to do right so you did it perfectly now if you did a film about a man who has an addiction problem and you played the character the same way you're right it would be inappropriate but that's a different medium it's different mm. energy you're bringing to the performance it's a different approach absolutely yeah you know? stages stages it's bigger isn't it stages you got to be you sort of very expressive flamboyant so much of it is totally different like if you look at the beginning of of cinema it really teaches you a lot about how tv and film became what it is today because everyone that started in drama and theater um that migrated over to tv and film they had to rein back their performances so if you go and watch like the early movies from like 20s 30s 40s right you'll notice that there's a lot of scenes of people in rooms and i've said this on the show before so we'll recap here but like in like living rooms with like a maybe a um like a flower bouquet in the middle of the room or something right now that's where the mic was by the way (laughs) they used to hide it there um but they would be shouting across the living room they and that's not how people talk in there unless they're like having an argument but it was very like dramatic and over the top why because they were used to doing that on stage on stage so an audience could hear them so my point with this is that when when you, especially if you're a drama actor coming over to TV and film you have to rein back that performance you got to rein it back and then it becomes what you were saying in the beginning when, with regards to like people like Denzel Washington where it's like remember there's always a camera watching you it picks up every detail even just something small like and like if you think oh it wouldn't have picked that up it definitely it did up. i know right <laughs> like, no, it have picked... no it did it, it pick picks it up. up everything yeah. so like every small micro movement is part of that so when you keep that in mind and you just focus on being in your character's head and thinking about your performance just focus on that make that your focus and that's how it will work and that's how you'll get the best out of yourself I think so much of it is people overperforming because they think, oh, I need to put in the performance of a lifetime because that's how I'm going to get this award and that's how I'm going to get big, big, big. It's like, no, look, if you want to put in a good performance, focus on being the best representation of that character and living in that character's mind and becoming that character. That's how you'll do it. And also, look, listen to direction, listen to what advice you're getting. Take it on board. If the director says, try this, tweak this, Take it on board. Try it. Yeah, Give it a it go. Board. Yeah. There you go. Um, speaking of experiences, I want to just run through a few questions just based on your experiences. So most memorable acting experience so far? Most memorable. Okay. that Okay. So that's definitely not like, you know, 
Uh, most, you know, the, my favorite acting experience or best, most or memorable. It could. it could be like whatever um, comes to mind that's positive for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have to say. Mm, I think Starling. Starling is, and it's, and that is the project I'm most proud of. I think in terms of in terms of my work, I um, yeah. So Starling's a short film, and it's about okay. We're going to explain this, right? So you've got so I, I didn't realize this this was a thing, but sometimes um, <laughs> the army will hire will hire actors to play out certain scenarios with with soldiers. So for example, you know they'll they'll hire an actor to be to act as a family member of, of a deceased soldier or you know and it's like and then the, the the soldiers have got to pretend how they you know present that information and tell oh, you know the family yeah. members or loved ones that your son or your you know your wife or husband whoever it is is you know has passed away and so, so I didn't realize that this was a thing. It's something I learned, um, you know, whilst you know going through the scripts, really, and speaking to the filmmakers. And so, this short film was about this, you know. And I played a soldier having to go through. It's kind of like a, I guess, um, you know, it's like role play, isn't it? Essentially, uh, for soldiers. And so we did this, and you know, it's like, and the soldiers were kind of like, oh, this, you know, this is a waste of time, and like giving, you know, giving the actor a hard time. So I really enjoyed doing that because I learned something that I, I didn't realize was even was even even a thing in the army. But also, I worked with an incredible cast, and that is, and the reason that's my most memorable acting experience is because I felt like. Yes, it was a short film, but it just felt like the best, you know, the best work. Everyone was so professional. Everyone was so, you know, I spoke with the director about what he wanted. And we spoke about, we spoke about the character, who the character was, uh, where he came from, his background. Um, you know, we even spoke about if, you know, if the character was an animal, what kind of animal would the character have been? So there was a lot of sort of prep work that went into that. And then on the day on the day of filming as well. I mean, we did have a couple of days, but I remember we had, um, before rehearsals, I mean, we, we, I mean, yeah, the rehearsals were great as well, but I learned so much because some of the actors, you know, they, you know, the scripts, they, they've done so much analysis of the script, looking at their notes. It was a massive learning curve for me. And on the day we went through, um, sort of warm-ups we went through these acting warm-ups before we got on set so it would be myself it'd be corin the other actor and leah and we'd be together and we'd be doing these warm-ups to sort of like get out you know feel comfortable or actually feel uncomfortable and sort of like get out of your and do silly things and go and like you know all you know all these things so it's like kind of like get out of your body and you know and it was Oh, it's an amazing, amazing experience, man. And uh, I think so. that's some of the best acting I've ever done and some of the best um, actors I've, I've ever worked with. So the the entire experience was just very memorable. And uh, I'm so happy because we filmed that in 2022. 
and it's it started at the festival run. It's been at the Bolton Bolton Film Festival or Bolton Short Film Festival, and now it's going to be screening at the London Short Film Festival wow. on Friday next week, and I'm I'm going to see that. And that's uh, and th this is an exciting moment for me because this is the first project I I've done that I'm going to see you know in the cinema for the first for the first time. So which is really exciting. Um, but but no, but seriously, Christian though it was I mean such an inc incredible experience. I mean I, I learned so much. Uh, I really did, and I really felt I didn't feel like James. I mean the character's name was James. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, but. It was oh no! It was it was great. I mean, so much work, and and I, you know, what it taught me was you can do so much prep work before, and then when you're you know when you're in the scene when you're doing the shot, you've done your prep work, and so you're you, you're ready, you know, and you, you you know kind of like let go, and you can be in the moment. But it's all the prep work that was just so important to me, you know, the rehearsals um the morning of shooting doing you know the warm-ups as well uh the, you know script analysis like understanding the beats the motivations of the character you know and it was yeah that's that's the most memorable and best best acting experience i've i've ever had ever had i love i loved it absolutely loved it congratulations man that sounds mega like it's, it's always great to hear when someone fully got to immerse themselves in a role and and then they just they're happy with it comfortable with it and it just worked out like I've, I've had a few experiences over the years similar thing and it's i don't know it always just leaves, leaves you wanting more really don't know it, it leaves just you get... wanting more it's like yeah. i want to do this every day i want to do this every day all the time like can i work with these people or people like this of this ilk you know it's just the level of because you know we spoke about it earlier it's like I know people joke about, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I do dress up for a living, but I just, I take it, you know, it's, I take this so seriously, <laughs> you know, I take acting and, and storytelling really so seriously. And like, as an actor, when you're playing a character, you're just, a, you're, a, you know, there's so many people that work on a film or work on a project. You've got this, you know, got the writer, you've got the, uh, script supervisor, you got the producers, the first AD, the second AD, you know, you got the, the DOP, you got, you know, the, the, in post-production, you're doing color grading, you know, you're doing sound. So many, you got the actors. I mean, there's so many moving parts that come together to make this beautiful piece of art, but you just got to focus on what you have to do. Everyone's just got to focus on their part in order for it to be the best it can be. And that production was wonderful because everyone was on job. Everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone was very good and they were so professional. But going back to what I was saying, I know it's, you know, it's, you know, we're making a film and we're telling a story and it's fun. And it's like, we're like kids and we're like, we're, we're playing other people. I get it. But, you know, doing that project, it's like, ah, it reminded me of why I got into acting. I saw, you know, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I say this to everyone. The film I saw that got me into acting, that made me take acting and storytelling, and film that medium, it made me take it so seriously. Was Shame by Steve McQueen, starring Michael Fassbender. It's about sex addiction, and you know there was a lot of lot of sex in the film, but it wasn't sexy. And you can see this guy struggling with a problem, struggling with intimacy, and not being able. And it's 
you know, there was something so much deeper about it. And his performance was so nuanced and so real and so raw. And I saw that performance and I saw that film and I thought, I love this more than anything in the world. And this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I don't care where it takes me. And I don't care what happens with me on this journey, but this, I'm going to strive to, to be, to be as real as possible and portray characters so that the audience can feel it and it can make you feel something. It can make you feel the way I felt watching that film and something you can relate to because yes, we're human, be human beings and we have, we, you know, it's kind of like we're all having different experiences, but the same experiences at the same time, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And it's just, um, yeah, man, it's just, I, I love what we do, Christian. I, I love what we do. And I love, I love how, how it makes people, how it makes people feel. And I just feel, I, I just take, I take this craft, I take it so seriously, you know? And I, I think it's important to, to do the work, to do the work prior to coming on set. And I think you just gotta, you know, it, it's about being real, isn't it? I love it because you're, you're in the moment, you know, you're very present. So I tend to go. I tend to go off on a tangent because I, I get passionate and I just you know, I just start I just start yapping about about different things. Uh, but but yeah, man, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Often in everyday life, real life, I'm looking at my life and life through my eyes, and I'm thinking like, this is like a movie. This feels like a movie. And then it kind of dawned on me that so much of filmmaking and tv is different people's interpretations of real life or maybe not maybe the, the arty way that they see the world or like you know sometimes like there'll be like a moment maybe it's like a beautiful sunset that you're seeing you're spending time with friends a loved one maybe you're even by yourself i don't know there'll just be a beautiful moment that doesn't seem real it's surreal it's it's the stuff that dreams are made of and yeah you see these moments and they come together and they form the basis of what becomes your life. And what we do is we tell stories about life. We talk about everything from the good, the bad and the ugly. We, we really, the best films, the best media portrays that. Yes. You know, like when I see, quote unquote like bad performances or bad films or whatever typically it just comes down to something very simple like the story was not there it wasn't telling a story that's interesting or relatable or gets you thinking or maybe and i'm sure you've had this before where you watch something and maybe all the performances were good except for that one performance that one performance that was too much too overdramatic, yeah. too, you know, that's why I said at the very beginning of this, that my short film, you know why I was so annoyed with my performance? Why? Two reasons. One, I knew I could do better. Two, I knew that my performance would affect everyone else's performance. It would mean that everyone's hard work that they put in would be... My, like my performance is a distraction, not for them because they're all professionals, but for the yeah. viewer, the person watching the viewer, yeah. And that's why I take it like yourself so seriously. And I come in there and I bust my ass to give the best performance possible so that everyone's performance together is connected and portrays this scene 
this story we're trying to tell in the best, most realistic light and yeah. the truest representation of, of life or what we're trying to achieve with that particular piece, you know? So I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, what's been the most challenging experience for you so far? I think the most challenging experience I've had so far has been probably one of my most recent projects. Um, I I played the lead character, Paul Chester, uh, in, a, in a feature film called Dear Vengeance. And, and listen, I, I just want to, you know, I'd like to say that I had a I had a great time, but the reason it was so challenging is because I hadn't worked with a with a filmmaker like this before. You know, he's very he's very hands on, and he knows exactly what he's looking for. And I appreciate I always appreciate artists and filmmakers that they've got a vision and they're very they're very decisive. You know, they make decisions very quickly, and they know the character. You know <laughs> better than the act you know they, mm -hmm. you know the character with like you know, the back of their hands and um but the reason it's so challenging is because I, I i just i felt like compared to other projects i'd done i didn't feel like i had room to sort of improvise or bring my own thing like even down to the physicality of the actor and the way i mean these are things i spoke with the director about but you know, he was very, like I said before, very hands-on. And he, you know, everything the character was doing, like I said, physicality, the way he was moving, his his voice, his emotion, it was, you know, it was, it all came from the director, the filmmaker. And it's fine, but it's, it's sometimes I didn't feel like I was, I, I felt like I, I wasn't making any decisions. It felt like he was making all the decisions. And then it didn't really feel like I was acting, if that makes sense. Um, but it was just, I mean, I, I don't think it was a bad experience. I wouldn't say it was bad. I would just say it was different from what I was used to. I've, I've normally got a bit more free reign. I, I remember, I remember the first day of filming, I, I did something. I said a line that wasn't in the script and the director said, James, what are you doing? And I said, um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just, mm, I was winging it. I just added something. Cause you know what it is? Oftentimes, um, in the best movies or the best the best scenes in cinematic mm -hmm. history, it, there are often things that weren't in the script yep. or something that just, you know, happened spontaneously or wasn't meant to happen. And it's like, and so I've always got that in my head. I'm always like, try something different, you know, <laughs> just to see if it works. But yeah, I remember doing something different on the first day and the director just said to me, uh, don't do that. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, what are you doing? No. So like he was very strict on that. Even the lines, he didn't. He wanted the lines like ninety percent, ninety percent of what was on on the script. So it just felt like you know, it's just I, I felt like I couldn't, as an artist, I couldn't bring anything. It was like it was all from from him. But if the movie ends up being good, or at least ends up being what he wants, then I don't have a problem with it. You know, then. Then, then it's then it's all good. I, I always say it's like it's the filmmakers, it's their film, it's their vision. But as an actor, it felt a bit. I felt a bit restricted. If that if that make if that makes sense, you mm -hmm. know, I just I didn't feel like I could you know I could bring stuff to the table. It's definitely what you know what he wanted. But I guess also this was the role 
you know, this is my, I've been a lead before, but I've been a lead in a film where you could argue two or three other characters were, were leads, you know? This was the first film where I was the lead, you know, like, no questions asked. And so there was quite a lot I was in, like, every day. It was quite a lot of responsibility on my shoulders, you know? I remember I had a monologue on the last day that I struggled with just because, I mean, I knew the lines, but, you know, I wasn't saying it verbatim. It was, you know, not, you know, word for word. And the director was like, no, it's got to be word for word. I remember we had a lot, we did a lot of takes. Um, and I think we managed to get it done in the end, but I know in the, in the editing room, he's going to have, he's going to have a lot of time uh, putting that, putting that together in post. Uh, but I think, I think that that's the project I kind of like, you know, and also it, it's this is a project where I really was out of character. Like it was so far removed from who I was as a person that you know the character is this brooding character, and he, he his voice his voice was kind of you know was kind of like this, and like think of you know a bit a bit like Batman actually in some of his voice, and always you know having to speak like this, and uh, it's just not who I was. So it was very very uncomfortable. I was very very much out of my comfort zone. But that's what you want, though. I was going to say, do you not think that's, that's a good thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good place to be. But you, it kind of reminds me of. Um, so I'm a big wrestling fan, professional wrestling fan, and years ago, I'm a massive wrestling fan as well. That's uh, Christian. That's actually what I wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be. I wanted to be a WWE superstar or a superhero. And I was like, and my cousin <laughs> said to me, "Well, superheroes aren't real, James." Like, you can't actually get superpowers. I was like, you watch. You fucking watch, mate. Um, I was say Batman but, doesn't yeah, have but any no, powers. I was like, okay, I can't be a superhero. I'll be, I'll be a WWE superstar. I wanted to be, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and, you know, with the beers and, and uh, you know, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I, yeah, that was, that was my thing. Oh, yeah, man. I've, I've loved it since those days, too. Like, I, I've kept up with it. I'll be it not as much but now, but I, I still keep tabs and I... You know, I do tabs, yeah. So you might be familiar with a guy called um, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, John Moxley. Yeah, yeah. He's in AEW right now. He is. So do you remember back in 2019 when he left WWE, he did that shoot podcast on Talk is Jericho? Do you remember oh, this? did he? I know Jericho's got okay. Y2J. I know he's got a podcast, but I, I don't. I, I don't think I listened okay, to, to you that. Need to Okay, you need to go out of your way to listen to this. Okay, I'll, I'll just say this now really quickly on a detail. Okay. So wrestlers are storytellers. It's one of the reasons why I've always been a big fan of it, because it's acting, it's theatre. Because it's, it's acting, it's performance, it, yeah. It is. It's it, Actors, if you ever want to see good um, <laughs> method acting, go watch professional wrestling. So two of my favourites are, yeah, John Moxley and uh, CM Punk. Now, CM Punk years years and years and years ago did the greatest shoot interview of all time in 2014 and it's just oh, storytelling at its best to, to quite frankly it's real he's telling the truth he's telling his perspective but it's story well, see, that's the thing about punk and dean ambrose did the same thing in 2019 or john marksley now the reason i brought this up is that when he spoke about his grievances of dealing with that company in the process something really interesting was said in in the midst of that he said that his favorite thing was always promos setting up promos now generally in wrestling 
um you'll when you get given a promo spot you get given like a lot of like leeway of like how to approach it so it's like the, the best promos are often you know bullet points and i've said this on the show before but we'll recap here so if it's like me and you and we're talking like we know that our beats if you like are we've got to mention the main event uh we're going to be wrestling at wrestlemania and you know there's a grievance as to why we hate each other, right? Those are the three points that we're going to cover. But we improvise how we get there. So long as we hit those points, we get there. Yeah. Now, what John Moxley was frustrated with is that not only were they deciding his career trajectory as far as like events he was in, storylines, etc., stuff he didn't want to be a part of, they also took away his favorite thing, promos, away from him. They right. basically showed up and were like, okay, everything's done for you. Here's the script. You just read this verbatim and just oh, do it. wow. Right, verbatim. And he said, they took away the thing that I loved most about wrestling. They took away, and he said, like, in my free time, he said, said like, a lot of the time, one of the things he loved to do was walk around the house and, and like, look in the mirror and, like, think about promos. Like, I could talk about this, or I could talk about this, or I could do this. And yeah. they, they'd taken that away from him, and now he just wasn't infused or interested because everything is done for you, so what's left? Yeah. And, it, and when you were talking about that film, it kind of reminded me of that because when I'm on set, I improvise like crazy. I do the same thing. I did it in a... Uh, self-tape the other day like i just you feel like there's more there so you just keep going until yeah. it stops and a lot of the yeah. time if you're on set a good director will just be like you know they'll they'll call cut they'll see what you're doing and they'll call cut later because you can just edit all that shit yeah you edit it. yeah yeah it's it's what's important is is keep it going keep going until you're yeah. done <laughs> you know um, stay in the moment you know stay in the moment and I think I think so much of it is is important to improvise or tweak or, or ad lib because what matters more, as we've sort of established in this show, is is the realism. And sometimes, like there'll be little things, like something in the dialogue just doesn't feel natural. Like the character just wouldn't yeah. say it that way, or yeah, or, you know. And you keep hitting on that, and maybe they the scripts demands that you have to say it this way but you're just trying to find a way that feels natural and you just can't do it you just can't yeah and often i'll be like right let's try it your way but let's also try it my way a few times and let's just see how it feels and if my yeah. way sucks fine at least we tried it you know yeah. that's but to, to meet someone that like just won't let you do that at all i can see how that's frustrating um and as you said, the main thing that really matters is the final product. Like, how did it come out? Did we tell the story we needed to tell? But yeah, I do think it's quite limiting. Like, yes, we're carrying out this person's vision, but, you know, we've prepared for a long time this idea, this character we have. And look, I've been in that situation. You show up and then they just completely take away your idea and they go, I want you to play it this way and you do it. Yeah. But it's it's... You still need that room to breathe and and paint your picture, so to speak. And paint a picture, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because otherwise, I just I just feel like I might as well be a mannequin, you know, or right. or, a, or a puppet. You know? it's, yeah, it's it's not fun, you know. And it's I'm not, not fun. It's not fun, but you know, it's yeah. It was an ex experience, you know. When he was talking about John Moxley, mm -hmm. I was thinking, um, right, like where are we? Um... Where are we at? Yeah where, yeah, where yeah, where, yeah, I was like, okay, where is this? I was wondering where it was going, and then you oh, know, he finally said, and I, I was see. like, oh, 
See, that's the thing. And I always wonder why certain, you know, like uh, Edge, Adam Copeland's now mm. in AEW. And it's like, he's a WWE legend. I always wonder, like, what is it that, why do certain wrestlers leave the WWE and go to, you know, they're at TNA or leave TNA and join the WWE or go to these different companies? And it's like, I think it's just creative differences or, or disputes, you know? I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that because... um. Because, yeah, listen, um, I, you know, I, I had a great time working on that project. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm happy that I got to work with, I got to work with um, a great bunch of, of people mm -hmm. and professionals. And it was, and it was an amazing experience. It's just, you know, I definitely felt limited as an artist. But I guess it wasn't an issue for me because I thought, right, as long as we achieve the end goal and we make a good film and I stay true to the character uh, that, you know, that this person's written, then, you know, then I'm okay with it. But it's not, you know, it's definitely, it's not the most enjoyable because, you know, because that's part of the fun, you know, like we said about John Moxley, it's like, that's the fun of it, right? Is that you get to come up with certain things. And as long as you, you know, you're getting to the goal, as long as you're, you know, you still, you're hitting those, you know, hitting those marks, so to speak, then it's fine. But if it's, you know, if you're you're not bringing anything to the table, you got to move this way, you got to say exactly like this, you got, you know, and it's like, it just feels a bit like, oh, you know, like... Anyone could have done this. Yeah, any, yeah, exactly. Like, anyone could have done this. Like, I'm not bringing anything to the table, really. Right. What's the craziest or most unprofessional thing you've seen happen on set? Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm about to spill the beans. I'm Everyone's got a story. Beans. I'm gonna spill the beans, man. Ah, oh, damn! Okay, Protect yourself. So, no names. No uh, names. Most, just, just wait. Most just story. unprofessional thing I've seen on set. Yeah, let's just have some fun with this. So, yeah, like I said, no names. We'll keep it all professional. But yeah, 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 yeah. no spill names. The, spill the beans um, on okay. craziest stuff and unprofessional stuff you've seen. Uh. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> uh, I saw two pro two producers got in a fight on set. Oh, mad! I okay, Christian. I am okay. Hundred on my life. I was in hair and makeup. I was in hair and makeup, and <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I was hearing. I heard this commotion, and you know, people. It's like two people had got in a fight. So I thought they were filming. And I was just thinking, I was like, I was thinking, wait, surely not. We're, we're doing this scene today. They can't, who's, who's fighting or who's, who's acting? You know, I was like, what scene are they filming? And I turned around and two of the, two of the producers are going at it. In the makeup and, room. You know, say that again? In the hair and makeup room. <laughs> no, not in hair and makeup, like on the other side. It was uh, like on the other side of, you know, where hair, hair and makeup, because we were filming, uh, uh, the location meant that hair and makeup was set up outside. Right, yeah. And so it was just, it was on the other side of where, you know, where hair and makeup was. And I just, um, you know, I know, was it hair and makeup? Or was it the costume department? I can't remember now. But it was, you know, we we were in hair and makeup and all getting that sorted out. <laughs> I just remember turning and saying, like, two people being in a fight. And I was like, oh, that's exciting. I, I thought, like, that's brilliant acting. I thought I was like, I, it, I was like, this is so real. That's amazing acting. Whoever that, whoever that is, 
and I turn, I turn around and I, I, two of the producers are going at it and they've got to like separate them. And one of the producers is like, anyone else has got anything to say? You know, like I'll get, I'll get you, I'll get you fired. You know, does anyone else want, want to say anything to me? I'll get you sacked. You'll be off the project. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And one of the other producers had to go off into, into the, the bathroom or private room, where, wherever he, I don't know where the, the fuck he went to. And he had to go off and cool down. But I just, I just thought to myself, I have never seen anything so unprofessional in my life. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an easy answer, buddy. Easy answer, man. I'll tell you right now. That was, that was an experience. Because honestly, all I could think about when I first heard, um, you know, the all of the, like, well, you know, it's kind of like it happened at once. You just, I just had like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, it's like, I was like, I was like, they're obviously filming something, right? And I was like, that is believable. That's very believable. That's, and then I turned around, it's like, oh no, they're not acting. That's, that's real. They're actually in a fight. <laughs> Any uh, crazy, like just acting stories, extra stories, anything else like that that you've seen on set? Like just maybe uh, just weird people, strange scenarios. Anything um, like yeah, I've, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a few. <laughs> Spill the beans, buddy. <laughs> I've got a few. So I, I showed up to set and um, the first AD or the second AD came around and said to us, uh, he said, right, guys, um, so the director's been sacked. Uh, <laughs> Good start. <laughs> the, the DOP, the DOP is going to take charge. He's, you know, the, the, we had two DOPs on this project and they're, they're going to be they're going to be directing the film now. Right. Cool. OK, cool. Happy filming. Let's go. Let's do this. And uh, I thought, what? You're not going to explain why the director's been sacked. What the, It's his film. Like, what is going on? We've had rehearsals with the director. I've spoken to the character about the, you know, I've spoken with the, with the director about the character. And it's like, oh, yeah, the director's been sacked. The DOPs are, are taking charge. Right, let's have a good day filming. Oh, I also, <laughs> do you know what? what, yeah. what oh, before, way, you, before you run ahead, by the way, like, who, who sacks the director? Who's higher than the, the director? The producer. Oh man, okay. The executive but, but isn't producer. The, doesn't the director defeat the? Isn't it directors the head of the production? So like how? No, I, executive producers got has got the most power, I believe. Oh, okay, mad. Yeah. Well, and uh, by the way, <laughs> this is all on the same project. Jesus, <laughs> the most unprofessional project I've ever. I mean, listen, anyone who worked on it will tell you. The director will tell you as well. Was it big I mean, budget? It, it was a shambles. Um, was it big budget? Another what? Another thing happened where was I, it, we were on set. We and it was a it was a night shoot, right? It was a night shoot, and um, I I was vaping at the time, and obviously because it's a night shoot, you know, we, we're filming early in the morning, so I'm talking 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning, I I was drinking coffee, right, to stay up, to stay awake. Christian, I had so much coffee. I was vaping so much. And all the caffeine and nicotine just getting into my system. My body crashed, Christian, and obviously it was freezing outside. So I remember just being, I was in a state of shock. Like, I, was, I wasn't, I I couldn't stand up. They had to get a blanket, put that over me, get me some water, get me—I oh, can't wow. remember what else. They, what else they got for me? 
And I was, I was thinking, I was like, I need to go to the hospital. I am not okay. I was thinking, guys, I might, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die <laughs> being dramatic, probably. But I was not in a good place because it was a lot of coffee and I was, I was vaping hard. I mean, I was yeah. vaping every you know, two seconds. So it's just all of it, it was just a run. I think when the caffeine and, and, and uh, nicotine, you know, coming together in my system, just, it just wasn't good. You know, if I had one cup of coffee and I was vaping every now and again, it would have been fine. But it was freezing outside. I had loads. I had like four or five cups of coffee. You know, I was just constantly vaping. And so I, I wasn't in a good place. And we had to do this shot. We had to do this shot. And I remember they were like, is James okay? Is James okay? Like, James, <laughs> give it five, give it 10 minutes. James is not okay. And I just remember being being like, James, man the fuck up. And I just thought, right, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this in the scene. And I used it in the scene. So I was fucked up doing that shot, but I used it. And thankfully it worked thankfully it worked because I, I had to sort of like the character, you know, was um the character I was playing was was in a state of panic. So it kind of it kind of it kind of worked, oh you know. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Somehow this is gonna work. But uh yeah, that was that was another that was another crazy experience. So you weren't acting then. <laughs> so I wasn't acting, I wasn't, I wasn't actually acting. Jesus, man. Um, a couple of final questions for you, sort of uh, unrelated to today's show, but um, I, I love to ask my guests these questions. I think we'll have a lot of fun with this. What's the biggest mistake you've made that you learned a valuable life lesson from? <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, uh, We've all made a lot of mistakes in our lives, you know. I think. Okay, I'll say this. I I deeply cared about someone and I acted in my own interests and completely disregarded how they would feel. And I ended up hurting someone who I cared about more than anything really and i learned i learned a lot from that i learned that you know i learned it's not all about you and when and whatever you know whether you know it could be a it could be the relationship with your parents or siblings or colleagues it could be a romantic romantic relationship with a partner but you got to remember you got to take into account other pe other people's feelings as well and how it's going to affect them so I think, you know, hurting someone I really cared about made me realize that, um, you know, to be less selfish and to also, and yeah, to, you know, to, to care about other people's feelings, but also make sure you consider, you know, someone else's feelings when you're doing when you're doing something you know it's not it's not all about you and i get it we come into this world by ourselves we're going to leave by ourselves and like you know definitely put yourself first and love yourself but you know just take into take into account how other people are going to feel be more selfless and be less selfish yeah thanks for sharing what's the best advice you've ever received 
<laughs> okay, the best advice I've ever received is um don't don't think about it don't think about it too much. Mm. Yeah. I tend to um I I tend to ruminate on things, you know. I tend to overthink, overanalyze. And I don't know if it's my personality or, you know, um, something I got from my parents, my star sign, if you believe in that, or any of the viewers believe in that. But I, uh, yeah, I think it's, a you know, life is, life is short. You know, it's, it's fleeting. You can't, you know, we can't go back in time. And I think, you know, some we we're constantly like worried about the future, what the future holds, and we we regret things we've done in the past, and we think like, oh damn it, I fucked up. Like, I wish I didn't do that, or why did I do that? But it's like you know, you can't change it. You can just learn from it. I think it's important to it's important to learn from your mistakes, and you know, and listen, we're human beings. Of course, we're going to think about the past and also think about the future, but. All we've got is the here and now. It's important to be present and just not not think about things too much. Like, just don't deep it, man. Do you know what I mean? Don't deep it. Don't think about it too much. Just, just let it be. Because at the end of the day, a lot of things are out of our control. Just focus on what you can control. And now, now I feel like I'm, you know, I'm being very like philosophical and giving, saying a lot of things. But the main thing is just to, you know. Don't think about it too much. Be in the moment. Be present. You know, don't, you know, like a lot of things are out of our control, I mean, especially in the line of work that we do. It's like, you know, overthinking about this audition or I'm overthinking about, you know, the what does this person think about me? Do they like me? Do they hate me? Like you said earlier, you're going to be a villain in someone's life. You're going to be a hero in someone's life, despite what you do or your intentions. You can't think about how other people are going to feel, you know, about you. A lot of things are out of your control. So just don't deep it. Don't think about it so much. Just just be, man. Just live in the here and now. It's all right, baby. Just let it just let it flow. Let it flow. Just, you know, whatever's, you know, case or asura, whatever will be, will be, you know. Just don't don't think about it. Don't think about it too much. That's what I'm trying to say. Couldn't agree more. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? Biggest life les lesson I've learned so far. Um, I think the biggest life lesson is that this too shall pass. Right? So if you feel excited, if you're you're happy, you're ecstatic, you know, you're depressed, you're angry, you're you're sad, you're, you know, whatever it is, it it will pass, you know? It will pass. Moments, feelings are fleeting. It's nothing lasts forever. So don't don't be and, and the thing is to not be so to not be so much bogged down by how you feel in this moment, because that's just how you feel right now. 
you're not always going to feel that way. So don't let that affect you so much. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you're feeling, like, you know, like everything, like, you know, you get Christian, you're, you're going to be right. Tell me a filmmaker you want to work with the most in the world. Oh, um, oh, there's so many. Uh, Scorsese, Tarantino, Wes Anderson, let's go. All right. <laughs> okay. You get cast, you get cast in a Wes Anderson film. Sure. Right. You're the lead actor. And it's like, you know, it's like that feeling is, you know, it's incredible. And you do, and you, you have that moment and everything, but like that doesn't last forever. That feeling's not going to last forever. Do you see what I'm saying? Those feelings that it's like, and the reason I'm saying, the, our, our feelings don't last forever so try not to make decisions or choices or life choices based on how you feel mm -hmm. you know because this too shall pass right so it's about it's about realizing that you know these like how we feel is not you know, it's not going to last forever. So why would you make a decision based on how you're feeling in that moment? Right. It's like just realizing like, you know, like sometimes you're, you're, you know, not in everything. And you know how it is like with, you know, with acting as well. And this, you know, the ebbs and flows sometimes, sometimes, you know, you're going to be the shit and you're getting roles and you're getting cast. And other times you're not going to get roles and it's going to be a, a dry, you know, dry period. Try not to let it, affect you i've got um i've got a tattoo of an of an anchor on my shoulder and the whole point of that the whole idea is to stay grounded if things are going well in life don't get too excited don't get too and if things are not going so well in life don't be too hard on yourself and don't be too down just try and try and be you know i really i'm such a massive believer in in being stoic you know and just being kind of like just being even, even keel and just being at the center and just not letting things affect you so much. You know, that's, I hope that does, I hope that makes sense to you, what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. Really appreciate that. That's all right, buddy. Final question for you. Do you have any upcoming projects or final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, so I'm in the middle of a short film called the DuPont Engagement, which is, uh, that's going to be, film's going to be around 20 to 25 minutes. It's a murder mystery. So think Knives Out, think Glass Onion or see how they run. Uh, big fan of that genre. And um, I, and so we've got one more day of filming next week. And after that, I don't have anything concrete. I'm currently in the middle of speaking with a couple of couple of filmmakers about projects. And so I've been sent I've been sent a few scripts that I'm gonna look over and see if um see if I want I wanna do them. So so yeah, so exciting times, exciting times ahead. Hopefully. I'm excited for you too. I've seen some of the stills from that recent project and it's, it looks good, people. It looks really, really good. Um, yeah, thank excited. you, buddy. Thank you very much, Christian. Excited to see what the future holds for you, James. Um, really, really excited to have had you on the show. Thank you so much, man. You've been an absolute star. Oh, dude, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Christian. Yeah, I've had, um, you know, I wasn't, I think this is the first time I've ever done something like this, done a podcast. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, I wasn't sure how, I wasn't sure like how I was going to feel, but you, you know, it's, very easy you know i felt like you know this is me this is me man i felt you know i felt like i could be comfortable i could be 
true to myself and true to you. Uh, so I've had a great time, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for appearing on the show. Um, you know, it's interesting you say that as well, because, and I'll, I'll sort of finish with this. Recently, I, I reached out to people on Reddit and I sort of said like, ah, oh, what am I doing wrong? I've been doing this show four years, 250 plus episodes. What am I doing wrong? I've tried everything. And there was varying degrees of feedback and like criticisms and stuff. And it was all great. And thank you to everybody that sent me that, um, that advice and criticism. One person said, you know, I don't understand what it is you're trying to do with your show. You know, one minute it's this, one minute it's that. Like, what is it? What are you trying to do with this show? And I had to sit there and think about that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to do with this show. And then it kind of clicked for me that what I'm trying to do is be a master interviewer. Really get and pull out the stories from people, you know. It'd be very easy to sit here and act, you know, ask you the standard questions, you know, like, who are you inspired by? Who would you most like to work with? But who gives a shit? What we really want to know is who are you? Why should people care about James Anita? That's where the real stories is, the motivations. When you think about your favorite performers, actors, artists, whoever you're inspired by in life, really the most interesting part is the person behind all of that. Yeah, and I feel that's true. To, to get that person, you have to speak to, to a person as a, as a human being and, and just focus in on that. You know, um, I know as this show grows and grows, um, it's going to get more and more challenging. But I think as long as I keep it down to interviewing people and really trying to make people feel comfortable and, you know, focusing on being a good interviewer i think that's where the show will be at its best and also just on a side note like i see a lot of people doing interviews doing a lot of things that frustrate me i see it a lot with like late night talk show hosts and stuff particularly with our industry as well and yeah i look at that and i'm like wow you had this opportunity with this this incredible person and you just blew it and so much of it is ego. Like, look, I look, I believe in myself as an actor. I know that there's a lot that I can achieve and do with my life and et cetera. But when I'm interviewing someone, it's about my guest. It's about that person. So I shut my mouth and I try to guide the conversation. And then I only try to talk when I feel like it's absolutely necessary or when it is in some way useful to the conversation. To the conversation, or... yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, this show has made me a better conversationist because I've focused in on that, the art of conversation, the art of interviewing, the art of truly being invested in what the person has to say. And my God, guys, do you learn so much through doing this? Like, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of people on this show and I've learned so much over the years and I enjoy the show more now than I ever did when I first started. So that's I'm so happy hearing that, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for appearing on the show. I mean, like, the show wouldn't be anything without guests. So thank you very much for being on the show. And, um, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, I feel like we're at similar... I know you've been doing acting longer than me, but, like, we're at similar points in our career, and I feel like it's exciting times. I don't know. I have a good feeling. Um, I've got a very good feeling, man. I've got, yeah. I've got a very good feeling excited to see what happens next thank you so much james and thank you everybody 
for listening to the Christian Reeve podcast. If you want to support the show, please make sure to subscribe to us on patreon.com and you can get exclusive access to monthly content, bonus content, access to my Discord community so you can find about all the updates and everything that I'm doing. And also you can support your boy. In addition, wherever you listen to the show, if you listen to it on YouTube, me sure to like share and subscribe as always share this podcast around let the people know what's going on leave us a review on spotify apple podcasts google Podcasts, Podchaser, the imdb of podcasting wherever it is you listen to the show please leave us a review you know if you loved it please let us know if you hated it please let us know why all of that stuff really helps let me know what you'd like to hear on the show next who you'd like to see on the show next And above all, thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I will see you in the next one.